What if everything that has happened to you has prepared you for your greatest days? Hey friends, welcome back to the By His Grace podcast. I'm your host, Misty Phillip, and I'm excited to introduce my friend, Joelle Mom, to you today. We're going to talk about his new book, Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. Joelle has been a guest on the podcast before, but when I was talking to him about this book, I knew that I needed to bring him on. And y'all, I picked up this book and I have to say, this is probably the best book that I have read to date this year. So Joel is the founder of Summit Leaders, where he uses outdoor adventure and leadership coaching to help people find their calling. He is fluent in three languages. He speaks at churches, conferences, and corporate events nationwide. He's authored several books, but I'm excited to bring him on today to talk about connecting the dots, what God is doing when life doesn't make sense. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Joelle Mom, welcome back to the By His Grace podcast. I am so excited to have you here today, my friend, to talk about your new book, Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. What a great title. What a great book. I'm so glad to have you here to talk about it. Thanks. It's good to be back with you, man. Amazing stuff happening for you. It's, I love watching it. It's been, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, you came in on the beginning of this. The Spark Conference is where we first met, and we have the same agent, Blythe Daniel, who's amazing. And it's mm-hmm. been it's been a fun journey. And I remember having a conversation with you when you were telling me about this book, and I could not wait for it to come out. And then I started reading it. And seriously, hands down, I read, I read a lot, and this is the best book that I've read so far this year. So bravo, my friend. That is a huge, what a compliment. Thank you. (laughs) It's really good. Let's get into this. So one of the premises of the book is that there is a circular pattern for every season of life. And when we understand this pattern and, and God's work in our life, it helps us to gain perspective on what God's doing. Can you explain the circular perspective? Yeah. So yeah, I've always kind of felt that like for me and, and Emily, my wife, we, there's like these every like three to five years, we have some major change in our life. So that's like this one thing come back around. I keep finding myself circling back. I'll try and get away from things like international missions. And I keep finding myself, I'm back to international missions. I keep trying to get away from building stuff. I'm building something again. So there are these themes in my life. And I'm like, it's, and I'm sure I've talked to so many people that say the same thing. They're like, yeah, we keep coming back to this. But every time, God looks different. I look different. Like I'm back in a town I never thought I'd come back to, but here I am again. I'm doing something that's vaguely similar to what I did before. There are these themes in our life. Paul says the gifts and the calling of God 
or without repentance. And what, what I take that to mean, there's a lot of conjecture about what it means, is that when he puts something in you, he's going to complete it. But there's a certain parts of us, gifts and talents, things he put in us that we're just going to keep coming back to over and over again. And I believe that you know, Psalm 23, when I was reading, I was in Israel one time and a, a tour guide pointed this out to me. He said, you know, the Hebrew word Psalm for Psalm 23 is Magol. It says, the Lord leads us in paths of righteousness. The Lord is my shepherd who leads me in paths of righteousness. That Hebrew word path actually means paths made of circles. And you go, wow, that's pretty wild to think about. Because if you think about, if you really do believe God is guiding us, which I absolutely believe he's guiding us, even when we don't realize we're being guided, thank goodness. It seems like, you know, a shepherd will gently lead sheep kind of in a circular path up a hill to get them where they need to go. And it seems to indicate that in that verse that he's a gentle shepherd that leads us where we need to go. But it, we'd like a straight line. And, and I think most of us in the West, we grew up with this idea of this, you know, enlightenment idea of since the enlightenment, where there's this forward movement of progress. But if you really look at it, history kind of repeats itself. Things just repeat themselves. Hopefully we're learning every time around the circle. So I started thinking about life in those terms, and I started also realizing that there's kind of a pattern to every circular season. There's these kind of nine stages you just don't get around. You get go through them in every season, and they're part of the process, the pattern of how God works. And it's helped me when I recognize that pattern, and you start to go, what is God doing? Well, you don't necessarily know exactly what he's doing, because kind of in the end, we'll figure it out. But there is a glimpse you can get on where things are going. And I, one of the things I say in the book is, yet, why isn't the best question when to ask when you're in the middle of a struggle? Because it doesn't really lead to hope usually. But how am I going to respond is the best question. Why is for later? How is for now? So you may not know why God's doing what he's doing. That may not come till well, it may not actually come until heaven, right? Till you get to heaven. But for now, you can look at it and go, I know God's up to something here and start to recognize the patterns. That was my goal with the book. There's a little chart in there where I say, you know, kind of like maybe you can identify right now where you are on that circle. Yeah, that's so good. And God has gifted us in so many different ways. And I believe that he calls us to different things in different seasons. I mean, you know my story. You know, I had one season where I was in the corporate world, another season when I was home with my children and homeschooling. Now I'm in a new season where God's doing different things with writing and speaking and podcasting. And and I feel like he's calling me maybe to even some other new things in the future. And so, but I know that every season that I've been in, personally, it has prepared me for what's next. Even when I don't understand what's happening and what's working out. I know you talk about a similar story about not wanting to move to Mexico, then finding yourself in Mexico, then finding yourself in trouble with, you know, some scary people. And so your life has had those same kind of of twists and turns. For somebody who is kind of in the midst of it and they're trying to figure out what is God doing? You know, kind of what would your advice to them be to understand, you know, they're, maybe they don't understand their gifts or maybe they're not sure about the calling. What, what kind of advice would you give to them? Well, one of the things I, I, it's a bit of a presumptuous title for me to assume I know what God is doing. People are like, well, how do you know what God is doing when life doesn't make sense? I say, I get, I get that. But I, I do know what God is doing because he says what he's doing. For we know that in all things, God works together together for the good of those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. He is, I believe that in every season of life, when life doesn't make sense, he's building something in you. He's building strength in you that you're going to need for your greatest days ahead. And 
he wastes nothing. He uses everything that's happened to you for his purposes. And so if you're in the middle of it right now, I go, what is God doing? You may not know the exact details of it, but I would encourage you with this. I guarantee you what he's doing is he's giving you a mission and he's giving you a message. And that mission and message is kind of the end of the book is there's a verse in Revelation where it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. His redemption work in your life, his process of turning you into all he knows you can be is building something in you. And everything you're going through right now, at some point, your survival story is going to be somebody else's survival manual. And he's going to use that, everything that's happened to you. And you're going to find yourself in a position to encourage somebody who's going through the very same thing and encourage them, you can do this. I mean, you, the, the challenges you face right now, I'm, I guarantee you God's sending people to you in droves, Misty, saying, people that need to hear exactly what you've lived through. And your story's a little bit different, but you've got principles, you've got truths, but you've got stories of God's redemptive work in your life. And when you tell that story, the power flows. It's like just talking to people about what you've seen and then say, and now I know God can do the same thing for you. So yes, it's a bit presumptuous to say, I know what God's doing, but I kind of do know because he's working all things together for his, for, for your good and for his glory. Yeah, that's right. Well, one of the things that you talk about in the book is like, God will send you a guide when you need it. So, so talk to me mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. I love this ancient proverb. It says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. It's like, <laughs> Ooh, uh, and I, you know, we, we, pro that's exactly what happened when Jesus, right before he left the earth, he said, guys, I got a lot more truth I want to share with you, but essentially Jack Nicholson style, you can't handle the truth right now. So <laughs> that's right. I'm going to send the Holy spirit and it says he'll guide you. It actually says guide in all truth. Right. And so the beautiful thing that we, we we're not left alone to figure this out in our life. God has given us a guide. And you know, the cool thing in every, every heroic story we love, if you think about this circular pattern, it follows these heroic stories we love. Luke Skywalker's out minding his own business and there's droid, droid shows up. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. You know, this hologram, Luke's like, who's Obi-Wan Kenobi? He meets Obi-Wan and Obi becomes his guide into an intergalactic battle, right? Frodo gets Gandalf, uh, Neo in the Matrix, uh, the yellow brick, uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. She has the yellow brick road to follow, but she also has the, Whichever the good witch, I don't remember. She's the guide. <laughs> Glenda, for them. Glenda uh, the good witch. Yes, <laughs> that's right, Glenda the good witch. Yeah. So there's always a guide in these stories we love, and I believe that's. I mean, the reason we love it is because that's the pattern God set out for us. He never asks us to walk alone. He sent His Holy Spirit to guide us, and the Holy Spirit speaks. I talk about in the book through, first of all, the Word of God. He always speaks through the Word. Uh, he'll never contradict His own Word. He always speaks through people, people in our lives. Sometimes even people we don't like, He'll speak through them. Sometimes enemies he'll speak through them it's the weirdest thing uh he also speaks through that inner voice which that's a kind of a tricky one because you know jeremiah uh, it says the heart is deceitfully wicked so that inner voice we have to learn to distinguish what's the holy spirit and what's our own kind of that deceptive heart of ours but then he also speaks sometimes through circumstance sometimes the circumstances line up sometimes you act have to act in spite of circumstance but i talk about this hierarchy kind of you submit to this order and it's kind of like a getting a, a sight lined up on a, on a gun. If once all the dots kind of line up there, you know, you're maybe hearing from the Lord. And again, I, I joke in the book that I've never really heard more than 60% certainty on anything I've done in life. If you get 80% certainty, I'd be really jealous. A lot of times you still have to take the leap of faith, but you know, it's not so much of a leap because you believe that the Lord has been guiding you through it, through those different ways that he speaks. Absolutely. I have seen that happen over and over in, in my life. Well, 
something that you talk about in the book that that I really liked a lot is number one, courage, and number two, taking risk. So you say to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? And then everything else will be added unto us. But you also, you said, God will often ask you to do something that feels like dying. <laughs> but when he brings resurrection from that, there's no limit to how glorious the outcome can be. So, that's the, yeah, go ahead. That's the pattern of power in scripture. I mean, that's the pattern of power in scripture. You see it, it says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it's not going to produce its greatest fruit. And we saw that even Jesus didn't get around that, right? And that's why uh, this this faith, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in, I, uh, in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. There's this weird kind of mystical, esoteric thing where Jesus says, he who will gain his life must, must lose it, and he who will lose his life will gain it, right? Like, y- there's this thing of you have to be willing to surrender it all, and, and even if that means unto death, but there's this resurrection pattern. Like when you surrender it, it it's, a, it's the most crazy thing. I mean, Jesus surrendered his life and then the greatest thing in the universe came from it, the salvation of humanity. And I've seen that over and over again where when you sometimes you have to surrender a dream, it feels like you've surrendered it. Maybe it's died. And then it comes back to life in a resurrected form that's way more glorious than anything you could have done on your own. But the first step is you got to be willing to lay it down, put it on the altar all right, God, not my will, but your will be done. And and that's where the power comes. It's the, that's the pattern of power in scripture is death, then resurrection. Yeah, absolutely. So in Ephesians 3, where the end of the that section talks about, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that I can ask or think, the beginning of that passage, that's actually a passage for spiritual strength. And at the very beginning, it says, I bow the knees before the Father. So it is that mm-hmm. process of submission and surrender that we make room then for God to do what only he can do when we are walking in our pride and self-sufficiency and, you know, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, you know, we don't make a lot of room for God to work. So I love that pattern and scripture. Now, why do you think people are held back by fear? Because, you know, one of the things you also say is you talk about this great, you know, taking risks and the reward that can come. And I, I see a lot of people who are afraid to take those risks. So how do we know when that fear is a healthy, cautious fear and maybe an irrational fear that's stopping us from doing the thing God's calling us to do? Yeah. So fear is interesting because fear and faith aren't opposites. If you are a fearful person, you can actually be a very faithful person because fear is just faith that all the worst possible things are going to happen. It's the same level of belief. It's just, I'm believing the worst things are going to happen. You know, and well, I have past experience to back it up. Maybe, or maybe that's all you're focusing on. Maybe there have been times when you actually took a risk. And the challenge is, psychologically have a master's degree in counseling. When you don't take risks, the chance that you'll take the next risk becomes even less because there's, there's this verse, Psalm 103, and maybe I'm taking out of context, but he says, forget not the Lord's benefits. There are certain benefits that come when you go all in on faith, but you don't get to see them. I wrote a whole chapter on this. The the decision is the chapter It's called the decision where you, you don't get the benefits of faith until you go all in on it. If you're hedging your bets, you're not going to see all the results of it. And I get the fear. I mean, I've struggled with fear my whole life. My last book was about fear. It's 
the most read you version devotional I have is about fear on you version, but fear is a tricky thing. It's the first emotion we felt when we were separated by sin. So it's, you think about Adam and Eve, it's the first thing we felt it's a primal emotion. And a lot of times fear is irrational. You know, I've had some irrational fear where people say, Joel, look at the facts. You know, there's no way that could happen. I'm like, right. I, facts don't, my facts, my irrational fear doesn't listen to your facts because it's not rational. <laughs> so the, the only thing that can drive out irrational fear is something more powerful, something stronger. And that's where first John, it says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. And of course the perfect love of God is that love that drives out fear when we recognize that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor things present things to come nor powers nor height nor depth or any other created thing is able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus when we recognize that that gives us the strength and the courage to move forward saying man I know God has good plans for me and I believe he's he's pushing me in in a way one of the things I talk about in the book is this Paul, he says this weird thing. He says, if we're out of our mind, it's for Christ. You know, sometimes God will ask you to do things that make you look like you're out of your mind. And he says, because Christ's love compels us. And that word compels is a fascinating word because if you look in some translations, it says constrains. You know, well, which one is it? In fact, when I first wrote the book, I didn't realize it said constrains in other versions. And uh, somebody said, it says constrains in my version. I was like, oh, so I looked up the word, the Greek word, suneko. It literally means he wraps his hands around you and squeezes you like a tube of toothpaste. Uh, it, obviously, it's not toothpaste in the Greek, but his hands come and wrap. So it's constrains, but he also squeezes you. So he pushes you out. And the thing that holds most of us back, we feel, not, we, we know there's more in us. I, I, the holy discontentment God places within us, his hands of love saying, there's more in you, man. There's no more in you than this. You got to do this. But it's the fear that holds us back. But what if I fail? What if I look like a fool? Or what if it's bad timing? But we have to push past that. And the crazy, the cool thing is he's going to keep pushing you forward to become all you can be. So it's either you can like beat the fear by facing the thing you fear. That's the only way you beat fear. You got to face the thing you fear in small doses. Take a small step, watch God sustain you. Take another small step, watch God sustain you. Or you take a step and you die and then it's all resolved. It's all taken care of. But I don't think that's going to happen though. Yeah, no, do it scared, right? Do it that's scared. Right. Okay, so I, I love this other quote in the book. There's no formula. There is only revelation. Each person must receive a direct revelation from God regarding what they must do. But what do we do if we don't feel like we're hearing from God? Well, this is one advice my dad always gave me. Dad, I'm not hearing from God. What was the last thing he told you? I'm like, oh, he told me to do this. Have you done that yet? Well, not completely. Stick with that. If you haven't heard from God in a while, stick with the last thing he told you. He'll give you some direction on what you're supposed to do. There's a verse in Isaiah. It's kind of encouraging. It says, when, when you'll hear a voice behind you, when you get off to the left or to the right saying, this is the way walk there in it. Oftentimes, I think part of maturity, spiritual maturity is if you're not hearing from God, it's not a sign of his disapproval. It's a sign that he trusts that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And it's only when you get off the path that he's going to say, oh, no, get back over here. So uh, maybe start looking at it as an assign, a sign of his approval. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you'll know it. Conviction will come if it's sin. Or if he's saying, that's not quite it, he'll make it clear. But stick with the last thing he told you. You're probably on the right track. Yeah, I, I was going through a personal period where I just really like God had really spoken very powerfully in my life and then I didn't hear him and I was I was complaining to my husband. I'm like, just God does it. He's not talking to me anymore. Like I used to hear from him so clearly. <laughs> and he's like, well, 
maybe he wants to speak to you differently in this season. Maybe you're already mm. do, maybe you're already doing what he wants you to do. And if he's got something else, he's got to tell you that he'll let you know. So I love that verse um, that says, when I get concerned about the future and what may happen, I always go back to we have the Holy Spirit in us who is our guide. And if we need to go to the left mm-hmm. or we need to go to the right, it really doesn't matter what is what is before us. The Holy Spirit will guide and direct us if we are seeking him and we're in the word and we're in prayer and we're, we're not trying to, to go our own way. We always have that guide with us. So that is a, a beautiful thing. So what, as we bring this interview to a close, there's so many things that we could talk about. What's on your heart to share with our listeners today, Joel? I'll give you the last, the last word here. Yeah. Well, so I, I just turned 45 and I've been looking back at my life. You know, you kind of have this existential, some people call it a existential crisis. I call it an existential crossroads. And I'm just more and more convinced the older I get that if you're seeking God with all you've got, there are no wasted seasons. And even the seasons where you look back and you go, what in the world was that all about? I am seeing increasingly in my life, him bringing things full circle and me going, huh? That's what that was about. Oh, I'm learning. And obviously there's going to be some confusing stuff that I'm going to, you know, I always joke one day I'm going to stand before God and ask him a few questions, but all indications of those who stand before God, they don't ask any questions. They just drop to their face and go true and just are your judgments. (laughs) (laughs) So I would encourage you with this. Uh, I know it's hard man. we want answers. You know, we want to find meaning and I guarantee there is meaning in all of this. But what I would encourage you to do, and this is one of my prayers with the book, uh, one of the greatest compliments I got was one from one of the editors. She said, you know, I read a lot of books. I edit a lot of books. She said, I felt pastored by this book. Mm. I would pray that this book, as you're reading it, God would begin to show you, hey, I've been working behind the scenes. You just didn't realize it. And maybe he'll just open your eyes a little bit to some of the things that you thought were wasted seasons, the stuff you leave off your resume, you know, you got on the resume, this and that. And they're like, well, what happened during that? Oh, that's not important. Let's not talk <laughs> about that. Maybe those seasons that you thought were wasted or, or just like, you know, good years of your life down the drain. Maybe that's the very thing God wants to redeem to give the greatest power to your story for his glory and for your fulfillment. Don't it's, it ain't over till it's over. You know, the apostle Paul says, I don't judge anything until the time. Don't judge your story yet. It's not over god is still writing his story history in your life stay faithful do what's in front of you and know that this is going somewhere i guarantee it's going somewhere i could not agree more and just to encourage you young lad at 45 years old i didn't do half of the things i'm doing now which is start the spark conference and a podcast network and a magazine and a a community and a business and then another venture none of those things happened until i was almost 50. so just because you're in the mid section of your life. If you are alive and breathing on this earth, God has a purpose and he has work for you to do. So don't think, oh, the best years of my life were, you know, in my 30s. Well, the 30s are good. You don't have as many aches and pains as you do. Uh, The older (laughs) you get, you learn the harder you fall. But if we're here, like God still got good work. And I think this is, I've loved all of your books and your version plans, but I think this is this is the cream of the crop for you. So I can't wait oh, thank you. to see what is next for you and and your family. 
Thank you so much. Thanks a bunch. Absolutely. Well, y'all go get the book, Connecting the Dots. Trust me, you will not regret it. So, Joel, thanks so much for being a guest again on By His Grace. Thanks, Misty. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Phillip, and I would love to connect with you there. Thank you.